0: Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as accurate as Garrett Holtmann's impression of Lionel Messi, fancy advice as tricky as Dominic Sobersly's goal of the week competition, and two pundits as slapstick as a Jan own goal. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 3, and joining me, as always, my number one partner in crime. He is the fantasy Fußball got Flo Reinicker, And Flo, I mean, I have have to ask how did you fare on match day two i'm having to polish off the rear view mirror a little bit to keep you in my sights
1: yeah but i'm definitely looking to turntables <laughs> uh right now
0: so i i got
1: 111 points which is like i said last week i'm not too unhappy with how things turned out so far so i haven't had the stroke of Genius like you with a shabashalai pick, but it's always <laughs> oh, thank you. like a thank kernel you. of luck in, involved with getting these things right. And over uh, a season, uh, I think if you're making good decisions based on on stats and um, um, based on matchups, you you're going to hit like these gold spots from time to time. So kudos to you for bringing in shabashalai. Wasn't even thinking about him just because I I didn't want to load up on Leipzig players because of this match day but I I think we're going to talk about that later on and that's why I am definitely looking forward to kicking your butt this weekend.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, I, I never, never feel comfortable with you behind me genuinely in the in the league standings, because I know that at any point, I mean, you're I think you're still within a one good star man swing of knocking on my door. So I'm I'm tongue in cheek. I'm getting ahead of myself after match day two. There's a long way, long, long way to go in this season. And yeah, I'm not taking anything for granted. And it's not always going to work out well with people like Solvus Light. I can tell you many a time I've gone with a gamble like that, and it has not paid off. So it is nice when it does but yeah it's not always the case
1: yeah but still still good start so james keep it running
0: Let's, uh, let's go shall we I mean let's talk quickly about match day 2 because okay we talked about match day 1 we talked about the big winners and losers I wanted to kind of look at match day 2 where what were our big takeaways from it we we warned not to read too much into the match day 1 results I think it was fair to do that part of the match day 2 thing was really to rip up the scripts I think we're seeing perhaps flow that the template 3 can be beaten up front Vagor's Kramrit Schick are all kind of knocking and, and on like the door I,
1: said, like, I was never talking that, like you were the template 3 guy with. Tri- I know I
0: know. Tri- <laughs>
1: I didn't think that server belonged there from the start on, and I think like that's true.
0: I'm glad you've taken that stance.
1: Yeah, I think it could be smart going forward, keeping Haaland and Lewandowski no matter what. And I think one like one big lesson we learned is that Haaland's shot involvement seems like not to being a fluke because Right now he's sitting at 16, he was involved in 16 shots so far this season. That's the highest of all Bundesliga players and he got eight points out of a loss at Freiburg where he didn't score or gave an assist. And usually we've seen these Haaland games be total dots with two to four points and now he at least gives you eight points which is like decent enough to stay in most of the squads. I'm not sure. Like, was he in your final squad of the match day? Yeah, he was. James, or, yeah. 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 So I,
0: I, I had bigger, bigger issues at the, in my back line that I needed to worry about flow last weekend, and I don't think I was alone in that. Okay.
1: Like, sometimes there are weekends where maybe eight points isn't making the cut, but it's definitely an encouraging uh, sign, even like, even if he didn't perform to what you want, if you got Haaland in your squad, to me, it shows that he has like a a much higher safety valve this season than last season, or at least over long stretches of last season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's exactly what you were warning about him in the preseason show is that he's almost kind of proven that he has developed his game a bit further than last season, and therefore he can be a more reliable fantasy candidate. And I mean, if he's now giving you a base level of eight points and a potential high, you know, of 30 plus, you're laughing to the bank with Erling Haaland in your squad. With
1: everyone else. So it's a wash.
0: Well, yeah, 100%. That's the thing. He's going to be in everyone's squad. Anyone that's a serious fantasy player really right now will have Lewandowski, I think, and Haaland in their squad. If you don't, I really take my hat off you for the differential angles you're going for. And I do truly respect that. But I'm, I'm not saying that you're not a serious fantasy player. I should backtrack there just a little bit. But... I just think I did run this storyline of the template three because I think a lot of the, let's say, casual players will just pick that front three and build a team around it. And it's really then about the potentially more seasoned people jumping on bandwagons and figuring out which star men you need at which times, and that's really where the differentials are going to come. The other one, fly, I did want to talk about, I just alluded to it a second ago, but the defenders market, for me, is even more volatile than it's been uh, in previous seasons, and I think it was always that case, but we're now seeing a lot of defenders c- kind of have these five-pointer games as the baseline, which is of concern, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's also because of Guerrero and Angelino hadn't been able to play or Angelino didn't have a good first match day. But I think he would have liked the game against Stuttgart. So it's a pity that that was taken from us uh, with him being injured. But we we don't have uh, a lot of defenders right now with high shot involvement. And that's definitely that. That's automatically leading to less points output by defenders as a whole, and which leads you to more duds than we've we've seen before. And I mean, Baka, for instance, he had an amazing match day, but he was involved in two shots against Gladbach. One was a goal, one was an assist. Yeah, but it's not like he was involved in six shots and happened to be involved in two goals. No, it, it was. It like these two were the only shots he was involved in directly uh, against Grappa, which leads to just not being as consistent because he was involved in two shots at Union as well. But uh, like he gave one shot, he gave one pass to a shot which lead like which gives you nothing points wise. And in the end, he was sitting at three points. He wins 10 uh, challenges on average per game so far this season, which is okay. But it's not like if, if you're winning North, then 15 challenges, then we're, then we're talking. Then I might be willing to bring in a defender solely out of his uh, capability to win challenges. But uh, as long as that's not the case, it's, it's tough to predict with defenders.
0: Well, then Can can I ask you one question? Just maybe we're, we're looking beyond match day three here just briefly after the international break. Do you think we might see a lot of very top-heavy teams after the international break once unlimited transfers are done? And what I mean by that is a lot of back lines that will have very cheap players. Right now, there are a lot of options out there. It's not going to be like that throughout the rest of the season, but where people will now say, you know what, it's not worth me blowing my budget on a back line that I have to hope that on this one match, one of my defenders is involved in a goal or an assist. Guerrero might be the outlier.
1: Davis maybe as well. That tactic
0: I had at the beginning of saying I won't spend over 11 million. It was 11 million when Sosa was 11 million at the start of the season. I think may be a tactic a lot of people employ in order to get the premium picks in midfield and up front.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen Guerrero this season so I, I don't think it's like we, we shouldn't come to a conclusion there. I think Davis is still a good bet for having a pretty good season and I mean Sosa had an outstanding first match day and then they're playing at Leipzig. Leipzig is the best defense since the start of last season. Uh, they conceded 33 goals so it's not like it can happen that you uh, come away with a dot. so... um I think these three players still are very viable for spending up in, in defense. And I would say you could make an argument that like some of the high priced midfielders you were banking on giving you points are not performing as well. So I just think after t- two match days, we shouldn't be too quick to plan ahead and, and say that's it's how it's going to happen. Cause I want to be flexible. And if like Angelino is coming back after. The international break looking healthy and being the old selves. So it can change in a heartbeat and suddenly you you got the feeling that Angelino Guerrero and Davis are must picks for your team. And then you got three high high-priced defenders because you got in other parts, you got maybe a Florian Kind still performing in midfield for not so much money. And I've got a Frankfurt midfielder who really caught my eye. Uh, as I was looking at the stats uh, this season so far, I'm I'm going to tell that later, but both are pretty affordable. So uh, I I think being flexible is the most important thing. And uh, especially since we got unlimited transfers after next week, look, I'm I'm going to reset anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking about what might be the really way to go in like five weeks time.
0: Well, that's, well no, yeah, sorry, I wasn't saying five weeks. I was just more interested. I think people might take the opportunity to go with a very low budget defense. The interesting thing about that as well is that match day four, the first one back, a lot of people might have a hard reset and they're going to have to think quite long and hard about how they negotiate that purely based on the fact that Leipzig are at home to Bayern on that match day. On top of that, Leverkusen are at home to Dortmund. So that's really gonna throw the cat amongst the pitches. I'm so excited to see how people navigate that after we come back. But we should move on because we do also have some listener questions this week that we need to get to. So I'll start you off with an easy one flow at Korosh for you asks Dortmund or Gladbach midfield. Which one would you dip for this week?
1: If is in the starting lineup, I'd probably go with Reiner ahead of Stindl. Uh, Stindel, I, 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 think is a midfielder I would bring in if I would want to invest in Gladbach. He's 13.1 million. Reina is 12.5. But especially since it's a Friday night fixture and you're probably not already having a dormant midfielder in your squad, then it would be different. But I can't think of another one than Reina. But if you already have Reina, I wouldn't double up, but I think Korosh wouldn't do that as well. So he probably doesn't have a, midfielder. So Reina would be my choice over Stindl because Gladbach is traveling to Union. They haven't lost at home for 17 matches straight. It's, It's a tough venue to play at. We haven't seen enough from Gladbach to really merit spending up at a Gladbach midfielder.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Stendhal's a good choice because he might play as a striker given the injuries they have, but that's not a guarantee. And then on top of that, those injuries mean that they're still as out of rhythm as they were on match day one. So that's a a problem with Gladbach. So I'm right there with the flow. Okay, let's move on. At Ashwin, Kugar says, as we have unlimited transfers after this match day, thinking of using all of them this week just to target a couple of teams. Are there any specific players on your list that you would recommend as a one-week punt? I mean, this is the wonderful thing about this flow. We can have a bit of a gamble. This week with a few players. So in terms of those one week punts, who are you looking at?
1: So I think it's worth mentioning that Mainz is playing third. So if you want to invest in Mainz players, I think this would be the perfect time because you're going have to like you're able to sell them later. It's just a bit hard to navigate the lineup um, because Mainz had so many players missing and now everyone is back and back to 100 percent had a week of training. Um, I think we'll talk about that when we talk about that game. But there are some players I, I would mention: it's Dominic Core and Jonathan Borcard up front. These and and Aaron Martin. These would be the three minds players. I think you can think about. I talk about the caveat about when we hit that game. I think that's um, better in a structural sense. Um, Joe Scully for Gladbach will probably still be in the lineup uh, at Union. So uh, he's definitely a guy you can look at in defense. I think Christopher Lenz, Frankfurt, 9.2 million defender, could be a differential pick. Like they're traveling to Bielefeld. And the stats doesn't look that bad for Frankfurt. So they already had 32 shots on goal. That's the fourth smalls in the Bundesliga so far. So they they're producing shots. Which is the most important thing from these thirty two shots they created just one goal, which is uh, definitely or well, should be an outlier if like if if they're keeping that radar, it's tough for them to win any games at all but i, I believe that can be navigated um Muziala I think is an interesting one. I saw the cup match yesterday against the Bremer as foul, so they uh, he looked pretty good um and i Personally believe that he will replace Sunny as a starter against Hertha. I
0: wondered that myself, yeah.
1: He's sitting at 12 million. He he could be a sneaky guy to invest in. There's risk. I, I would like pack his likelihood of starting at 70% maybe. So there's still a 30% chance that he isn't in the starting lineup. And Cologne, Ute and Kainz, both playing at home against Bochum, uh, I think also are good viable picks that you maybe wouldn't think about if you had to think longer along the lines and the next uh, games that are coming up.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, you're kind of hitting on the same notes. I mean, the three teams I would look at, if you were looking for one-week punts, would be Cologne... Leverkusen, and then probably Mainz as well. But I do agree, at that point I'd maybe go Frankfurt purely based on the fact that Mainz have that degree of risk that comes with their starting lineup and all the players coming back from quarantine and how that might mix things up. But Flo is right. We will talk about that a little bit later. And you know what? I had other players down on my list here, but I know we're going to mention them later on in the show, so we'll move on to the next question. It's at feller FC. He's asking Flo whether to stick with Kramrich or replace him with Silva. And he asks, is it okay doubling up in Leipzig's midfield. Now, I don't know about you, I'm okay with replacing Cramrich, but I wouldn't do it with Silva.
1: Yeah, me neither. And I wouldn't double up on Leipzig midfield as well. Not this week. Yeah, I think we like we we chasing. I wouldn't say fool's goal because is a is a pretty good player, but they're playing now at Wolfsburg. And I talked about that Leipzig is the best defense since the start of last season. Wolfsburg is the second best defense since the start of last season. 38 goals they've conceded uh, until that, um, since then. Um, and I, like, I wouldn't invest uh, top dollars uh, into Leipzig players because we've seen them being stalled uh, before this season at Mainz. So it's like we are so quick to change. Just because we saw one game against Stuttgart, they had some issues with injuries as well. So that's something you should keep in mind. And they always are open for fight, uh, like with open visor, uh, like we would say in Germany. I'm not sure <laughs> if you can translate that, but it's a different matter to play at home against Stuttgart than play at Wolfsburg. And it's the last game of the match day. So you can't swap your players out if they're not performing. And that's why I'm really hesitant on investing into Leipzig or Wolfsburg players for that matter and I personally I have Silva right now but I'm thinking about selling him um, for this match day so I wouldn't go with Kramaric especially if you have Haaland um, so you're wasting one shot of having a great star man up front but like the replacements I I would look at Patrick Schick 13.5 million if you want to spend a bit more and Mark Wood is sitting at 8.3 Cologne player like these would be my uh, two top choices for Chromarish replacements.
0: I I like both of those choices, I have to say. And this is it. I mentioned the fact that I got myself into a bit of a tricky situation yesterday. Sober Slay, I mean, this this fools rich. I mean, if you're calling it fools gold with Sober Slay, this fools rich. <laughs> but. I am in a predicament this weekend. I've got five players from that late game now, four Leipzig, one Wolfsburg, and I need to definitely get rid of at least two, maybe even three of them potentially with my transfers. So it worked out, but it's kind of Bit me in the arse this week, and I'll move on to the next question because it also mentions Soborslay. It's from at Republica FPL. He says with Soborslay in the frame and Olmo potentially returning, he said I was planning on using Uncunco as a make weight to bring Guerrero into my team, or is that overthinking? Many thanks. Now this is the problem flow. I mean, we've got unlimited transfers coming. For me, getting rid of Unkunku for one week to bring in Guerrero, not the worst move this week at all, based on that late game and everything we've said about it. But the problem is, and I almost mentioned this last question, but I'll mention it here. Jesse Marsh has a problem. Adams, Liner, Campbell, Haidara, Sabitzer, Olmo, Unkunku, Soboslai, Forsberg. That's nine players he's trying to fit into his midfield that are going to be competitive and wanting to feature all the time. And we know Nagelsmann had a rotation policy. Jesse Marsh comes from the same school of thought, and I would imagine we might see a rotation policy put in place as well with him. And at that point, he's going to make that Leipzig midfield problematic for us, isn't he, Flo?
1: Yes, but I feel safe enough with Nkunku this week. And if we look at the stats, Nkunku... Was involved in 14 shots this season. That's the highest mark of any midfielder. And he was substituted uh, in the first match at Mainz. So its stats look great. He wasn't involved in a goal yet. And that's the reason why he's not up there with the highest scoring midfielders. Although, I mean, he had a perfectly fine game against Stuttgart. He was, he just was shadowed by uh, (laughs) Schoverschleich picking up the two goals but I think if like if you're making these decisions Kunku was involved in 9 shots against Stuttgart Schwabschlie was involved in 8 so it's, it's it, it could have been the other way around quite easily so picking Schwabschlie over and Kunku sacrificing a transfer for that I'm not sure that, that's so, oh, so,
0: no, so. Sorry, Flo. What he's saying is that he is only selling on Kunku to get Guerrero in, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, right, I know. Okay. I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I just wanted to say that this week's Shoboschlei could, could easily be in Kunku. Yeah. Um. So uh, that's just what I'm like. If you don't have any other parts of your squad where you have to do something, I I think you can think about letting go of in Although I think that, like, his floor is still pretty high. If he's on the pitch, because maybe Leipzig isn't scoring four goals, but they will get some shots at goal and the likelihood of Nkunku being involved in that shot is really, really high. Eight shots against Stuttgart, six shots. At Mainz, we just played 65 minutes, so on average, he's basically involved in a shot every 10 minutes he's on the pitch so far, which is, like, outstanding.
0: Yeah, I know, we love that. We love that. Big smile on the face. But yeah, we know he's one of the most selfish players in the Bundesliga, there's no doubt about that. Not great for, you know, perhaps Jesse Marsh, but great for us as fantasy owners. And so, I mean, I would say I prefer Guerrero over Unkunku this weekend, but... yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind yes. of where I'd be at. With it.
1: Uh, I, yeah. I just don't like, okay. I, I wouldn't sing the swan song, uh, about <laughs> Nkunku no. just because, like, Shabashlai, uh, outshone him, uh, last Friday.
0: I mean like if I'm I think Force Begs are probably the one to drop right you probably have Nkunku, Olmo, Sobosly as your three behind Andre Silva like that would be my first choice but then I'm not Jesse Marsh I'm not a training I don't see these things I'm just a fantasy owner it's a much much more enjoyable and less pressure filled role and I less find. paid um, James problem as well <laughs> yeah very true very true very true let's move on at Gavin underscore Doll underscore IE who I have to say uh, hat off to him because he jumped out of his classroom to get involved in the Twitter Spaces forum on Friday to, to help with the last-minute choices. So,
1: is, is he a student or a teacher?
0: No, a teacher. He's a teacher, oh, so he had to get yeah. back to his students. I thought that was, I uh, <laughs> thought that was brilliant. But he is—he's got a three-part question flow. He's asking: Is Soba now a must-have, or is that chasing a horse that's already bolted?
1: Yeah, I already uh, said that I'm not high on sync this week, so it's a no for me. Moving down the road could be, but not this week.
0: Yeah. So it definitely hasn't bolted yet. The same question goes for backer. I mean, you've talked about him, but they face a bit of a toothless Augsburg, he mentions.
1: Yeah. Uh, I like him, but, uh, I said before he is, like, he played two games, was involved in four shots in these two games and had a doubt the first one because like in both games, he had one shots and one pass to a shot, which is the worst a player can do to us. So, uh, at least like decide like two shots. Is fine. Two passes to a shot is fine, but like spreading it out. (laughs) So what are you doing, Mitchell Bacca? So having a goal and an assist as a defender, that's like that's muddying the water a bit. Uh, If if we're looking at the stats with him, I like him a lot um, because I like Leverkusen uh, as a team. But I think he's far from a must have and he can easily doubt if he doesn't like reach the two point threshold in any of the shot categories and wins maybe nine challenges. And they, for some reason, Augsburg is scoring the first goal of the season, then he's not giving you anything you need. So and and we we have to see more reliable shot production yeah. coming out of him. And we haven't seen that so far. He just happened to pick up a goal and an assist last time.
0: I'd like to see that from any defender, to be honest. Any consistent goal or shot production would be great from any defender, personally. (laughs) Yes. And
1: and we have to thank the DFL for him getting that goal, because I was pretty sure that it would have been counted as an all-goal. So I was surprised that he got that shot. So and his result would have been... Uh, Still good because he gave that assist, but anything near uh, what he got. No,
0: definitely. No, I'm I'm right there with you. 7.3 million, I think, is what he costs you as well. So he doesn't break the bank. That is the good thing. And we have four seasons now, Flo, been looking for a consistent leopold defender. So he might be our answer eventually, but it's hard to tell.
1: Yeah, he's probably my favorite defender under 8 million, but I don't feel pressured bringing him in. And making a transfer when I feel I, like my pressing transfer to do, uh, is in midfield or up front.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Okay. Last part of Gavin's question. It's about strikers. He says, given that, uh, Kramrich flopped and he's playing Dortmund, what about Mark Oot as a cheeky pumped up front? He says, you can't handle the Oot. However, blow the problem is the Oot has a back problem.
1: The ooze. You huh? probably should say the Uth. Yeah, no, the oohs. you can't handle the oos. Ah,
0: oh, come on! I'm not. I've got to. Pr- yeah, I've got to I, I pronounce it that's... correctly. I've got to pronounce it correctly. No, I've got that to. Pro- I'm a, a stickler for pronunciation. The, the so, that makes a quote know. more. You can't handle the oos. I mean, I, it, I thought that was that's the what
1: he was aiming at. <laughs> but you're you're not a native speaker, so yeah. don't beat yourself up that you didn't like pick up on that, James. Thank,
0: thank you, thank you. Yeah. The problem is the oos or the oot has a back problem.
1: Yeah, but we're not sure how serious that is so he had to terminate his practice session early on Wednesday but I still fully expect him to play and I love Mark Uth as a pick because he's a player after two match days uh, who's involved on average on the most shots uh, on goal per minute so 8.7 shots he's involved in per 90 minutes that's the highest mark even higher than Haaland or Lewandowski just because he didn't play. 180 minutes and so uh, like his his rate is top of the class so uh, I, I think that Mark wood for 8.3 I think is his price tag really good value for money and uh, Cologne looks good I, I think it could be an open match against Bochum uh, I don't think like that it's uh, it's a given that they will win this one but I, I still like uh, Mark Uth as a pick
0: I just like Köln as a team under Baumgart. As a fantasy owner, like you want to see them getting forward and attacking and showing ambition, and that's what we're seeing a lot more from them this season, which is great. The character they showed against Bayern, wonderful to see as well. And this is it. I, I, the, I think it was at the start of the season when I was checking in with you when the game was going to start. I asked you whether Mark Oot was a midfielder in the game, and when you said he was, not I was bitterly disappointed, and there was a reason for that. The thing is, he's actually turning out to be a pretty good striker as well. So a viable option. Let's talk. Last question at Benji Tanali says, if you had to pick only one, which would you go for, Flo? Baumgartner to Reyna or Roussillon to Guerrero?
1: I'm definitely looking to sell Christoph Baumgartner. So, um, I'm a patient man, but like I, I waited, like I waited for two games now. And last week I was debating selling Baumgartner or Demirbay probably wouldn't made it. Big difference because Dimir by I, I don't think had a good game in the fantasy sense against Gladbach as well. But, um, I'm still going with the Roussillon to Guerrero part because you're, you're setting yourself up having a star man in defense who could like be a match day breaker points wise. Uh, I, I think Guerrero has that. I'm just like, I'm a bit skeptical if he's really back to a hundred percent. It's the first game he'll probably start and. He will probably play as a left back. If he's not playing left back, I'm bringing him in no matter what. If he's playing as a winger or as a midfielder, I'm I'm all in on Guerrero. But if he plays as a left back, we've seen him have bad fantasy games as a left back with just not being involved in, in enough of the attack and play of Dortmund. So, uh, yeah.
0: Is that what you think is going to happen with Housenberg coming? You think Housenberg slots in at left back and maybe Guerrero moves into the diamond midfield perhaps? It'd be lovely if it does happen.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think that will happen on occasions. I think it will be a bit swimming with Housenberg because like they brought him in or they will bring, probably bring him in. We should say he can play as a left back. He can play as a center back. He can like he covers both of these positions and they have more players that make them more flexible and that's like with guerrero i don't think it's a big problem like if the coach tells him play left back he plays i, I wouldn't say world class but up there left back and quality if he plays you play in center midfield he, he does that to the highest like degree uh and one of the best in the bundesliga and he if they say play on the wing he can do that as well so uh i think we'll see Guerrero and, and like in different positions in different games depending on who's available for Dortmund or who will get a breezer because uh, Champions League started and, and so on. I, I think bringing in Hartzenberg means that Guerrero is free to roam more in the tactical lineup of Dortmund.
0: I, I agree with you and I'm very excited for that prospect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I'm <laughs> very like, excited like, indeed.
1: it won't be this Friday probably. No, so,
0: no. Yeah. That's for certain. One to keep an eye on, to be confirmed, um, but definitely something I just wanted to mention. Um, because you talked about him being in midfield, so I thought it was worth mentioning why you were maybe talking about him moving into midfield.
1: But I was rambling too long to say that I still prefer Roussillon over Guerrero. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because the upside of, of Guerrero in comparison to what other defenders can do, I think is higher than with Reyna in midfield. Especially like His stats look good, but he was taking off both games. And I think last time at at Freiburg it was before the 70 minutes mark, if I'm not mistaken. So that's definitely a concern with Reina. Yeah. Uh, especially since he's not a hundred percent this week as well. So I, I definitely go. Well, see,
0: that's it. With, with Reiner, I think we really have seen what his season might be like one game off, one game on. And it's going to be very hit and miss with him. So I, I, I've, I'm an owner, but I'm a little concerned about his consistency as well. So I'm with you with the Roussillon to Guerrero pick. Cause I think, yeah, the upside, as you say, is much bigger there. And Baumgartner could pull it out for a big game. You never know, but we'll leave it there for part one. Join us again in part two and we'll be taking a look at the match day three fixtures. Welcome back to part two of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Match day three is on the docket. We'll start with the Friday night game as always. And it's one that we have talked about in part one already. Dortmund against Hoffenheim. Of course, a clash of star strikers as well. Erling Haaland has one goal and an assist to show for his three meetings with Hoffenheim. Andre Kramrich, meanwhile, has scored seven times in eight games against Dortmund. He's only found the net more often against Hertha, though you will remember four of those goals did come in one game match day 34 two seasons ago. So that's just worth noting. The question is Flo, Guerrero's top of the shopping list we've already mentioned that. Is there anyone else on this Friday night?
1: We talked about Reina. Uh, I think if he's the only viable option in midfield for me, if you feel really like creative, you can maybe think about Julian Brandt if he's in a starting lineup. He's 9.9 million, so at least you you you're saving a bit of money yourself. Reina has 12.5 but I would say no. If you want to double up, Royce would be the guy up front uh, I would think about because he's looking really good this season. But still, I like myself to have more shots at a good star player. So I'm not doubling up on Dortmund. And I think that Hoffenheim has, a, I think, eight games unbeaten run uh, on or even nine games. So they're in pretty good shape. And uh, we've seen Dortmund having trouble at Freiburg, like we did talk about last week, if I remember that correctly, for some reason these other games they yeah, they're not they're not really uh, closing out. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, I think I would leave it at these Dortmund options, and I wouldn't even be that high on these options if it weren't on a Friday night.
0: Okay, yeah, I agree with you there, definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah. Uh, And one stat to add, 29 games on a Friday evening or home games on a Friday evening uh, that Dortmund hasn't lost in a row. Last time they lost on a Friday evening was in 2004. Uh, on home soil. so
0: Was it against Freiburg?
1: No, it was against Schalke. Uh,
0: oh, oh, wow. Even worse. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. One of few fond memories for Schalke fans right now, I'm sure. Yeah, okay, no, I'm right there with you. I don't think this is the most attractive game and yes, if it wasn't a Friday night, I wouldn't necessarily be looking to invest in it. And yeah, there is talk of Reina potentially being dropped in the starting lineup. So when those lineups drop on Friday, I'm still trying to work out whether I'll do a Twitter spaces again uh, to be confirmed, let's say. But yeah, Reina... That'll be a name everyone's looking out for, I think. Um I might that might if that forces me into another substitution uh, or another transfer, I might be in trouble this week, Flo. I think you might those 49 points might evaporate quite quickly between us. Um I certainly <laughs> hope so. Yeah. so let's move swiftly on to Stuttgart against Freiburg. Uh now Stuttgart, they lost 10 of 17 matches last season, not involving a Sasser goal or assist, compared to four of fourteen in which he was directly involved in a goal, including the match they one home loss to Freiburg. Now, the problem is uh, Sasa Kalajic ruled out till the end of the first half of the season. So the end of the Hinrunder with a, a badly dislocated shoulder, it's fair to say, uh, has needed to go under the knife. And that's sad news because I think a lot of people were excited about him as a fantasy prospect this season. He's off the market now. It does open things up for al The question, though, I did want to ask you here, Flo, Maximilian Eggestein. He's in Freiburg now. What are your thoughts? Uh,
1: I, I think he will do well as a player. Uh, I don't think we have to think about him as a fantasy <sighs> option.
0: I was hoping for like a throwback to his glorious season with Bremen, where he actually did turn into a fantasy option for a time. Uh,
1: I, I can't see that right now. Okay, Like the only viable midfield option in Freiburg, it has to be... As always, Vincenzo Grifo.
0: Yeah, well, Um, I felt so bad. I told Haymarket Second asked on Twitter Spaces whether he should keep Grifo and I advised him not to. And I admit, I don't know whether he actually got rid of him in the end because, I mean, there were a lot of things moving parts on that Friday night in terms of what the transfers were being made, but... The problem was that the odds of Grifo hitting the top corner like that were, were slim. I mean, he's definitely got it in his locker, as he proved. But yeah, I do feel I feel a little bit bad about anyone that got rid of Grifo on my advice. And it d- it just goes to show I might hit with slide, but I'll miss with Grifo. So, you know, I'm only human in the end. But if you had to pick a player, Flo, from this game, who would it be?
1: Philip Verstam, midfield 6.3 million, talked about him last week that he will be an option moving forward. And I stand by that. I think he's a pretty good option in midfield. So I personally prefer Florian Kainz, but like these one million makes a difference. I would be totally fine with first as a pick.
0: Like it. Let's move on to Mainz against Foot then. Now, Foot, as I mentioned last week, they only ever picked up four Bundesliga wins in total during their sole season. None of those came at home, but the first one actually came against Mainz in Mainz. The problem here, Flo, is that we've got a, a bit of a tricky predicament with the Mainz starting lineup. So talk to us about that and then give me a player pick from this game.
1: Yeah, I think there are some players that are pretty safe to start, but if I knew they'd start, then Boetios in midfield for 6.9 million and Aaron as a defender for 3.1 million would be my favorite picks. But both are at risk of not starting. I feel a bit better with Aaron. Uh, I think the likelihood is higher. Uh, Lukoki is a new transfer coming in from Bielefeld, had a decent Bundesliga season last year, but I think that Aaron probably uh, holds on to his place at least until the international break. But like, there's risk there. So I want that to mention with Boetios is an even higher risk. But I-, I like him as an attacking midfielder. Always has been the case. Safest midfield option for me is Dominic Kor. He came on at halftime at Bochum after being out of quarantine on Friday. So I was wrong when we talked about that match. Because the two weeks were up on Friday. So they actually could come out of quarantine one day before the match. But they weren't practicing with the team.
0: Yeah, they weren't match-sharp. Nowhere near match-sharp, you know.
1: No. Uh, so no one of these quarantine guys went into the starting lineup straight away, I think. But Cor came on. And at least he had two shots in these 45 minutes uh, he played at Bochum. So I think, although he's a defensive player, Midfielder, we see him like uh, arriving late into the box and uh, being a threat there and also taking his chances from distance. So I think Koa is a reasonable option for 5.9. And you feel really... uh, uh, 5.9 is uh, um, actually the price tag of Jonathan Burkhardt. He's the next guy I want to mention. He's the only striker I feel confident will be in the starting lineup He's not known for his goal scoring prowess, but they're playing third at home. So if you've got the feeling it could be another Stuttgart incident, if we (laughs) might call it that way, then Burkhardt for 5.9 could be at least like, he's a, like he's a differential of all differentials. If you want to go that road
0: but the problem with Burkhardt doesn't he only scores against Bayern and Dortmund though doesn't he I swear I swear, there's like only Bundesliga goals that have come against Bayern or Dortmund yeah, it could be but then Furt is the place to change that but
1: actually 5.9 million is the price tag of both players so core and Burkhardt both cost you 5.9 million yeah and yeah these would be my player picks but I don't believe that I personally will go there just because of the match we'll talk about next.
0: Well, I just wanted to mention Vidmar as well, because you've got Martin as the cheaper option on the other side. Vidmar, I think, is a viable option and the safer option of in terms of not being dropped, because he was brought in, but he's made a good impact on that right wing. And he, like Martin, does like to get forward. They've both been involved in shots on goal. The problem I think both of them found against Bochum was that a lot of their crosses were getting little deflections on them, and that meant that they weren't counting as passes to a shot, even the, that sometimes they were actually you know playing the pass that led to a shot in the end so a bit frustrating for fantasy owners
1: Vidma is a fair point haven't yeah. haven't thought about him because I was concentrating on on Aaron but you're totally right um 7.1 and he's definitely starting yes um, that's it. so he, he he's probably my favorite minds player.
0: Uh, ah, look, there you go. To, I just yes. spring a surprise at the last minute. I love it. <laughs> Let's move on to Köln Bochum then and talk about Anthony Modeste. He has scored twice and assisted once in his two Bundesliga games since being reinstated as the side's first choice number nine under Stefan Baumgart. We've talked about Mark Ute, but is there another player pick from this game, Flo? I, I sense there might be one. You've mentioned him before on this podcast this season.
1: Yeah, Florian Kainz, 7.3 million. I think, German TV uh, said he's a Cologne CR7, <laughs> which is like the usual yeah, a, understatement okay. you get.
0: Yeah, just short. Like, that's good marketing. Yeah,
1: but he is the number <laughs> seven. So it's not like this is correct, uh, I, I would say. He's a Cologne player with the number seven. Factually, shirt, factually so.
0: correct. You're, you're right.
1: No, I like him. Like, he is involved in shorts. He has set pieces in his locker. So uh, I think for 7.3 million, He's my favorite cheaper midfielder to bring in who's a definite starter.
0: Although I I think you've got one in your pocket that might pop up in this next game that I know you teased earlier.
1: Yeah, but like I have more playing minutes doubts with him. Ah, see, here uh, you go. Okay, well then we'll
0: move on to it. That's
1: why I said a definite starter. (laughs) True,
0: true. But I have to say, I mean, I really like the Kainz pick as well this weekend and I may be bringing him into my squad based on some of the chances I have to make. But let's talk about Bielefeld Frankfurt. Now, Oliver Glasner is the first Frankfurt coach since Christoph Daum to go winless through his first three competitive games in charge it was an interesting one nil nil draw against Augsburg it was Chris Sharples my DFL World Feed colleague who mentioned after that game he said I don't think Frankfurt would have scored if they played until next week against Augsburg it did end in a nil nil draw I mean Kostic did show signs of life in a fantasy sense which is great but he wasn't the only one flow so talk to me about your player pick from this one
1: so uh the player like I was surprised to see up there when I when I saw the or went through the stats of the first two match days was Jesper Lindstrom. He he costs you seven point two million. He was involved in twelve shots so far this season. That's the fifth best mark in the Bundesliga. And if you saw that by per minute. He's sitting at 8.6 per 90 minutes, which is second. Only Mark Udd is uh, above him with 8.7. Wow! So it's, his shot involvement is really, really through the roof. And, and and Kunku, if we look in total stats, and Kunku is the only midfielder in the game who's above him um, so far this season. He's playing behind Buri, and I'm just reading that Kamada might get his chance to start. And then the question is, is Lindstrom the one to go? Probably yes. That's the reason why, like, if I'm not seeing the starting lineups, I like Kainz more. I think Lindstrom could be really, really interesting uh, if he's in the starting lineup. But, like, there are more question marks with him. But, like, he's one that's popping out of the page if you're just looking at the stats. So, And usually we've seen these players popping up in stats. At one point, we see them explode in the fantasy game because the stats are there. It's that, that they need the end product to really uh, shine. Yeah. But it's not like he had a Chevy game against Augsburg. I think he did pick up 12 points yeah. uh, in this goal, goalless draw, which is a really, really great feat. Absolutely. For, especially for a midfielder who doesn't get awarded points for a clean sheet. Um, that's quite an achievement. I still think that Philip Kostic for 14.4 million Is a safer and probably still an amazing option in in midfield. Um, Like like you said before, 14 points I think he got uh, out of the match against Augsburg. So, yeah, we know what he can do. And if we're looking at at Bielefeld, they they drew the first games, but they conceded 34 shots so far. That's the fourth highest mark in the league, and they played at home against Freiburg and then at Fürth. So it's not like you say, yeah, they're sitting up there, but they played attacking powerhouses. (laughs) So, I mean, it's understandable that they would be up there. That's not the case with Bielefeld. So I think that, that, and uh, on the other side, Frankfurt is creating a lot of shots. Like I said, 32 so far, only Bayern, Leipzig and Stuttgart. Uh, having more and Stuttgart is definitely not a real stat yeah, we should yeah. <laughs> yeah. take because they got 32 shots of these 41 they got on yeah. the first match day against Furt, which is a total massive, outlier. Massive outlier. And they got nine shots on goal at Leipzig. Yeah.
0: Now, I'm intrigued to see how this game goes. I think we could see Frankfurt pick up their first win under Oliver Glassner, but I could also easily see it Bielefeld frustrating them for another 90 minutes. It's, it's, might it might
1: be, be the case, but, uh, but I see a lot of Frankfurt shots. In this one.
0: Okay. See, no, I, th- and I agree with you there. Definitely. It could be a frustrating game, but it'll be because Frankfurt have a lot of shots and that's why they're frustrated. But so yeah, not a bad one to invest in at all. Another one that I think a lot of people might be looking to flow Augsburg against Leverkusen. And that's because Augsburg have a never beaten Leverkusen in the Bundesliga in 20 attempts. They're also the only team in this season without a goal after two matches, but not just that, a shot on target. They are still missing a shot on target this season, yeah. which makes us feel good about investing in Leverkusen. So who's your player pick?
1: I'm going with Patrick Schick, 13.5 million still. Yeah. Uh, like him more than DRB, although DRB is playing great. So like if DRB would be, a, just be a midfielder in the game, James. I know. why. Would that, I know. <laughs> that would be so amazing, yeah. but he isn't. He's a striker, so I'm still going with the one has more shot involvement, and that's Patrick Schick, thirteen point five million. I think we saw his coming out party as a Leverkusen player against Gladbach. He looked great in that match, and I think he could be a really reliable source of fantasy points going forward. And you save yourself a bit of money if you, for instance, bring in Schick and sell Silva. Yeah, both of us are thinking of doing. He that. would be my pick. We talked about Baka for seven point three million. I think he's a good pick, but just like expecting from him that he's uh, like a sure option that can't miss, uh, I think that's a mistake.
0: No, he's, he's not your budget Angelino Guerrero or Sosa. So like he's not that he's not that type of player, but he is a, a he definitely. Fits into more budgets, but he won't produce the same level of output.
1: Yeah, he, he can develop into this player. I'm not like, it could be possible. I think he had a good game at Klapa, but uh, the underlying stats so far are not through the roof. Exactly. With all things he does. Exactly. He just was efficient uh, against Klapa.
0: Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. Let's talk about the Saturday late game then. Bayern against Hertha. Now Bayern have scored at least once in a European record, 17 consecutive competitive matches. Oh, I should say, actually, 75 now. Probably wasn't yes. updated, uh, since last night after the Brim. Did, S- did S- they did S-
1: score a N- N- as far.
0: Yeah, just, just a, <laughs> just a couple of flow. Bless them. Um, even, I mean, it's so bad. Even Buna Saga on the score sheet. I mean, like, that's when you know things are going bad. Um, yeah. And he anyway, brought on um,
1: Michael Coussons as a substitute yeah. <laughs> player.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are the, the subtle disrespect to the sometimes shown in the first round of the day of People Carl Now, the thing is, I mean, I was thinking about Bayern. I don't really think there's anything we can really add that we haven't said about them time and time again. And I wanted to ask about Herta, but Hertha are not a viable investment this week. So I didn't really know what to talk about in this game. Is there anything you wanted to mention?
1: Yeah, M- Musiala already talked about. So uh, I think I think he could be a viable differential option. Especially since we got unlimited transfers because I would never feel safe with Muziala, And I'm not like, like I said, 70%. That's the likelihood. I feel safe with Muziala, But he looked awesome yesterday. Uh, although it was like, it was a fifth tier squad. But he also looked pretty pretty good against Cologne. So, um, yeah, I, I think Muziala could be a good pick in midfield.
0: I, I would love to see him in that starting lineup. And I think, yes, he would be a good choice. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him again. Let's move on to the Sunday fixtures then. I don't think flexibility is necessary a problem for many people, given that Bayern and Dortmund have standalone fixtures.
1: And Leipzig as well.
0: True, but you do have Union Gladbach Sunday early and it's 18 years since a new Gladbach coach went two or more Bundesliga matches to start the tenure without a win. That was Holger Fach and he broke that duck at his seventh attempt. So uh, I'm sure Adi Hütter will be hoping it doesn't quite last as long. Now, there are some viable differentials in this game. I, what I wanted to ask you about or whether they're viable, Flo, because I think that's the question mark next to them. Taiwo Awonyi of Union Berlin who has uh, been in goal-scoring form at the start of the season and Joe Scaly. Yeah. What do you say to those two differentials? Uh,
1: no interest in Avoni. His shot involvement is not high enough in my taste. I am i don't have a good feel how this game will go. Union is playing in the Europa Conference League on Thursday, but I'm not like today because um, we record on Thursday morning. But yeah, it's nice early. Um, I'm not holding that against them because they won the first draw with 4-0. So I expect to be a lot of rotation in the Europa Conference League, and was Fischer basically handing minutes to players who might need them? And I don't expect anyone to be too much, um, too much impact from the Thursday uh, evening game. But still, no, no interest in Union. They're not creating a lot of shots. Only 19 shots so far they have created this season. That's the third ser- least amount in the Bundesliga so far. So not a lot of interest on that side of the ball. And with Gladbach, I'm just not feeling s- uh, safe enough to invest high dollars. What I would think about is bringing in Joe Scully for $2 million, uh, as a defender. Basically, like he, he's set to start and he's cheap, so why not? he's probably like he's a safer pick than Aaron to start if we knew that both are in the starting lineup I would prefer Aaron but you get an added bonus of flexibility with Scully so I think he's definitely viable so far he was involved in three shots and won 21 challenges um which is like both is okay for a defender but it's not like it's not outstanding
0: but strong for someone that only cost you 2 million that's it and that's the yes. point that will yeah. be made with him yeah that's it uh, it's, it's sad to hear that Liner has, has broken his ankle but yeah Joe Scally, who looked to be dropping out of the starting lineup with Rame Benzomini returning on the left now gets his door opened even wider by the injury to Liner so yeah we wish him a speedy recovery but it does make Scaly a potentially viable option let's talk about that Sunday late game one that we have mentioned already so you know our thoughts on it but Volsberg, they are winless in five Bundesliga matches against Leipzig and have won only two of 10 all told. That said, the last four encounters have all ended in draws. Now, we've talked about Soverslai, we've talked about Leipzig's midfield problems, we've mentioned Volsberg's back line in this as well, the fact that they have the second best behind Leipzig since the start of last season. I wanted to ask you about someone that probably won't necessarily feature this match day. Because we basically said steer clear of this game flow. Let's talk about the future. Luca Waldschmidt does he interest you as a Wolfsburg player in a fantasy sense? And do we know whether he's gonna be a midfielder or a striker in the game? Uh,
1: um I have to check that actually I, 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 I'm putting
0: uh, him on the spot I'm putting him on the spot here, ladies and gents. <laughs> Sorry, actually, no, I maybe no, should have done that, but uh, I, kind of had to. I wonder if right. he's, he's just, not in the I, game. I just yet. wanted
1: to say that we were looking for Sima Khan last week because of how many challenges he won 13 challenges, uh, he won against Stuttgart and Vili Orban. Uh,
0: Simakan is one of only six players that has scored double digits in both match days so far, which I thought was a fantastic statistic that was put out by at DNL fantasy, official DNL, our go-to source for everything. Um, so there were seven, seven players who have scored or assisted on match days one and two. But there are only six that got into double digits, and Simakan was one of them.
1: Yeah, and Orban uh, did win six challenges. So, I, from from this point on, I think we can expect Simakan to win far more challenges than Orban in defense. Orban outscored him because he had four shots on goal, yes, which is crazy for for a defender. But uh, that's why he did outscore Simakan in the end. But I think that Simakan is probably Going to be the better fantasy option because of his uh, willing, uh, winning challenges. And if, like, if, if Leipzig weren't playing at Wolfsburg, I would bring in Jusko Gwadiol in a, in a heartbeat. He won 18 challenges, played the Angelino role as a left back, gave two passes to a shot, had a shot himself. That's really good stats for, for a defender. And he's, I think, sitting at 9.3 million. But since they're playing at Wolfsburg, I'm not thinking about that. But if like Angelino isn't back after the international break and Halstenberg is gone, I think that Guardiola could be a good option. Although you already mentioned it, fourth match day is at home against Bayern. So maybe he's someone uh, to look at farther down the road. But Simakan and Guardiola definitely are on the map for me uh, in a fantasy sense.
0: You know what, that's the question I should have asked you. To give us an update on the Simakan Orban situation. I'd admittedly forgotten to do that, so thank you for doing it. And I've answered my own question with Luca Baldrick, because he's a striker in the game, which makes him useless, <laughs> basically. And so yeah, if he was a midfielder, I wondered whether if he got into the Volsberg starting lineup, he could have been someone that people might have bandwagoned at one point. But yeah, I think as a striker, those three spots are already competitive enough. And at ten million for Volsberg for a guy that's not going to play as a striker.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the the only way I can see him being viable if is uh, if Bout is leaving. Yes, uh, until the transfer window closes, Then maybe he'll be viable. But right now, I don't expect that really to be the case.
0: No, I would be very surprised as well. But okay, let's close today's show then with some player picks. Vegas choice flow. Are you going for?
1: I would go with the guy you slotted in first. So I <laughs> have the second. Uh, second pick, I think it's a good one, is Jesper Lindstrom for 7.3 million. But he he's really Vegas because you got like, you got the adrenaline rush <laughs> when the lineups hit. Or is he in the lineup or is Kamada in the lineup? So you get that. But uh, if he's on the pitch, we I, I think he could really deliver this weekend.
0: Yeah, like the sound of the ball hitting a roulette table, right? But I still like
1: the player you got better. Florian uh, Kainz, same uh, price disclaimer. tag. Yeah, Florian yeah.
0: Kainz, same price tag up against Borkum. I think his match day one performance on home soil speaks for itself. I need to say no more. I think he's a great option, and he is currently in my draft for my three transfers so far. So let's talk about a super schnepchen instead flow. Who are you breaking the bank with? Although I don't think we're surprising anyone with our choices here. <laughs>
1: No, and I honestly don't remember which one is which, James.
0: Oh, uh, so I'll go with Joe Scally because I, th- okay. I think I picked Aaron Martin last week. So I'll pick yeah. Joe Scally this week for two million. And then I'm, I'm
1: going with Aaron. <laughs> there you go. 3.1 at yeah. home against third. I think a pretty, pretty good one.
0: Yeah, I think those are the two that you break your bank with this week. Someone that we, I, I think I mentioned him briefly. El Hadioui will will definitely profit from the fact that Kalij is just out for the rest of the season. Not a choice for this week, but I do wonder whether he might be someone we talk about actually as a viable super superception after the international break. But uh, stay tuned for more. How about you? Well,
1: your- he, you could play him this week. He's oh. four million at home against Freiburg. I, I just against don't Freiburg, like then? there are other matchups I like more. That's it. Yeah. But if you feel like Stuttgart can bounce back and create a lot of shots which certainly we've seen them doing then I got you could definitely outscore the likes of Mark Wood for instance yeah. and he's, he's he's way cheaper yeah, yeah. i mean I'm uh, interested at to see. 4 million so uh, sometimes you, you you find yourself loving your team and you only have 4.3 million left up front then i would probably pick uh, Gadju and run with it Rather than, than than making sacrifices and Yeah,
0: other no, I'm I'm i of my squad. And I mean I guess the other player that we need to wait until he returns is Silas as well. I wouldn't say Wamega it's Silas Mumvumpa. So when he returns he might be actually out starting striker. But let's talk about bankers flow. Let's close the show. Who are you banking on this week?
1: But, um Philip Kostic. Uh fourteen point four million. I'm I'm not sure that Frankfurt will win this game, but from what we've seen, they at least will create a lot of shots and Kostic will be involved in them. And he's like, he'll play 90 minutes, uh, which is more that can be said of a, a guy like Lindstrom. And that's why I think I personally will try to get up the extra 7 million to pay up for the safety of uh, Philip Kostic.
0: Yeah, I, I, like, I like that pick. Um... I think even if, as I said, even if they struggle against Bielefeld, I think he'll be involved in in shots on goal and therefore fantasy points. The player top of my list, though, I have to say, before we even started, before I even started prepping the show, was Patrick Schick. The way he played last week against Gladbach, the way he's carried his confidence from the Euros, I think he is a confident striker and it bodes really well. And at 13.5 million, he doesn't break the bank up front. And I like the matchup against Augsburg. So Patrick Schick is for me the banker this week. And I hope it pays off the same way Dominic Soberslide did, because I might need the help given uh, some of the predicaments I've got with my lineup right now. But for now, that brings us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, social media platform of choice. And if you haven't yet, joined the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James Saragud-Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew. Auf Wiedersehen.
1: Auf Wiedersehen.